listen, last week, guys, we talked about being offended. How many of you were here last week? We talked about, Jesus said in Luke 17, chapter, uh, 17, verse 1, he said that it is impossible that no offenses come to you, right? What do we do? He says, you're going to be offended. Somebody's going to hurt you. Somebody's going to make you mad. Somebody's going to make you sad. Somebody's going to do something, right? Amen? But it's what do you do when that happens? I didn't hear you. Stay sweet. That's what it is. So keep the right attitude. Amen? And that's what we talked about last week, keeping that right attitude. What happens when we get offended? So if you got your Bibles, I want you to open them with me to 2 Samuel chapter 15. 2 Samuel chapter 15. Say amen when you get there. 2 Samuel chapter 15. We're going to start in verse 14. I, I, I feel like I got a word from the Lord for you guys this morning. Um, amen. Appreciate that. Um, all three of you. The month of February, we've been talking, and I know a lot of churches are talking about relationships and Valentine's and all this stuff. Um, I felt like the Lord wanted us to talk about these topics that we're on right now. The shape, the, the, shape, the shape of the church today. Our families, our marriages, relationships in general. Amen? I feel like I got a word from the Lord. And I want to talk about this story in 2 Samuel chapter 15 that is very relevant to our times today. And you're going to see what I'm talking about here in just a minute, okay? 2 Samuel chapter 15, starting in verse 14. He says this. So David said to all his servants who were with him in Jerusalem, Arise and let us flee, or we shall not escape from Absalom. Make haste to depart. He said, Hurry up. We got to go. Make haste to depart, lest he overtake us suddenly and bring disaster upon us and strike the city with the edge of the sword. Now, I want you to catch this. I want you to... I want you to think about right here where David's heart's at right now. Okay? He said, we need to leave. This is a warrior, y'all. He said, we need to leave lest he smite the city with the edge of the sword. He was concerned about the city. He's concerned about Jerusalem. And the king's servant said to the king, well, we're ready to do whatever my lord the king commands. We'll do whatever you say. And then the next few verses goes down. It talks about them leaving, talks about them crossing over. Let's skip down to verse 23. It says, And all the country wept with a loud voice, and all the people crossed over. The king himself crossed over the brook Kidron, and all the people crossed over toward the way of the wilderness. Listen, there was Zadok. Then there was Zadok also, and all the Levites with him, bearing the ark of the covenant of God. And they set down the ark of God. And Abathar went up until all the people had finished crossing over from the city. Then David, he said to Zadok, carry the ark of God back into the city. He said, if I find favor in the eyes of the Lord, he will bring me back and show me both it and his dwelling place. But if he says this, I have no delight in you, Well, David says, here I am, Lord. Then do with me what you will. 
Amen. If I have no delight in you and I have no favor with you, he says, well, here I am. God didn't just do with me what you will. Verse 14 is what I want us to focus in on. 2 Samuel 15, 14. Look at this. He says, we need to make haste and depart. Lest, listen, the last part of this. Watch this. Lest he strike the city with the edge of the sword. And I want to talk to you for a few minutes about this story. Because David had to make a decision. He had to make a decision at that very moment. He had to make a decision. Do we stay and fight? Or do we leave? Do we depart? In the midst of everything that was going on, do we stay and fight or do we fight? And that's exactly, guys, listening, what was happening in this text. Everybody say fight or flight. David was king of Israel. Absalom, his own son. Everybody say it's family. It's usually family. His own son had decided to overtake his father's kingdom. He had decided to overtake the nation of Israel and the city of Jerusalem. And in that moment, David has to make a decision. In that moment, he has to make a decision. And the Bible says that he said to his servants, we're going to leave. We're going to get out of here. We have to go. We got to go. He said, we got to go. We can't stay here. And they said, well, we'll do whatever you tell us to, king. We'll do whatever you tell us to do. If you tell us to fight, we'll stay here and fight. If you tell us to leave, then we'll get up and go. We'll do whatever it is you tell us to do. You just tell us what to do, king. And David said, we need to leave. Lest he smite the city with the edge of the sword. I want to clearly state this morning that I believe that God knows exactly what he is doing in the world today. Amen. God knows exactly what he's doing in the world today. I believe in the sovereignty of God just like David. David said it's his kingdom and if he wants me to have it, I'll take it. And if he don't want me to have it, then I don't want it. Amen. I believe in the sovereignty of God and he said we're going to leave. He said we're going to leave because what's important is the city of Zion. It is a picture of the church. Are you following me? What's important is the city. Zion, the city of God, Jerusalem, a picture of the church, a picture of the kingdom. What's important is not what I want. What's important is not what you want. Amen. But look at the big picture. David said it's the kingdom of God that's important. Thank you. He said he wants to destroy the city. And I don't want innocent bystanders to be destroyed. David said, I don't want innocent blood in the streets. And when you understand, listen to me, church, that God is sovereign, that men come and go, but God is sovereign. Amen. And when you understand that he makes no mistakes, the Bible says he is righteous in all of his ways. In all of his ways, he is right. Do you understand that? In all of his ways... He is right, and when you, whether you understand that or not, listen, the Bible says in Romans 8 that the carnal mind cannot discern the things of the Spirit. See? 
And when we understand that, and the carnal mind cannot discern the things of the Spirit. And listen, if all you've done is made up your mind on how God should act and on what God should do and on everything that God should go and how He should handle things, listen, you will never understand that His ways are not your ways and you will never understand that His thoughts are not your thoughts. And I had to say that to you because we need to take solace in the fact that God is sovereign. Amen. That God is sovereign. He is in complete control of our nation. He is in complete control of our world. And he is in complete control of our life. Amen. Now we understand all that. David loved God. And because he loved God, he loved everything that God loved. Do you understand that? Because David loved God, he loved everything that God loved. He loved the Word of God. He loved the people of God. He loved the house of God. He loved the city of God. He loved Zion, Jerusalem. He loved everything that God loved because God was his first love. Amen. And if you don't love God first, you don't love the things that you're supposed to love. You don't love the people of God. You don't love your brothers and your sisters, the church, the kingdom, the word, the worship of God's house. Fall in love with God. That's what David did. He fell in love with God. And when you fall in love with God, you fall in love with the things God loves. The things that impressed me about David. I'll tell you this. There was two things that greatly impressed me about David. Two things that greatly impressed me about David. Number one, listen to this. He never worshipped idols. He did a lot of bad things, y'all. He made a lot of bad decisions. He did a lot of stupid stuff. Amen. But he never worshipped another God. He said, there's one God. He said, and even, he said, I'm never going to worship another God. Even when I fail, even when I fall, he said, I'm going to come back to that God. I'm going to worship that God. Amen. I'm never going to worship an idol. That's what David said. The second thing that greatly impresses me about David is he refused to ever raise his sword against his own blood, against his own family, and against his own flesh and blood, and against his own people. He refused to raise the sword against his own brothers and sisters in flesh and blood. And when I think about David, I think about the fact, guys, listen, that he's a warrior. This couldn't have been an easy decision for him. This couldn't have been an easy decision for him to just walk away from the throne room. I'm going to walk away from being king. I'm going to walk away from everything I know. Couldn't have been an easy decision for him. I, had, I would tell you that, that it probably had to be everything instinctively inside him that he wanted to kill them all. Amen. Look at what it says in 1 Samuel 17, 36. He says, I fought a bear. He said, I fought a lion. He was a fighter. He was a fighter. And I just want to teach this right here for just a minute. You hear me? The lion, do you see that? He said, I fought a lion and a bear. The lion and the bear were a threat to his family welfare. Amen. 
because he was guarding the sheep and that was the family business. And the lion came to hurt the family welfare and the bear came to carry away the family welfare and he fought the bear and he fought the lion and he slew them. And then there came a time in the same chapter right there when he fought Goliath. And Goliath was a war that he fought on the national level. Amen. He fought the lion and the bear to protect his home and his family welfare. He fought Goliath. It was a war that he fought on a national level. And I'm telling you, we're so worried about the nation that we're losing the battle against the lion and the bear in our own homes. Amen. Amen. We have to remind ourselves that it's not the White House that's going to decide how much God I have in my house. Amen. We're losing the battle against the lion and the bear in our own house. How can we ever think we'll defeat Goliath on a national level? Amen. We can't even fight the lion and the bear in our own house. You'll never defeat a Goliath on the national level. Amen. David, he was a warrior. You know that? He fought lions. He fought bears. He fought giants. It was his instinct. He was completely surrounded by trained killers. Amen. David's mighty men. He was completely surrounded by trained killers. God even said, he's such a bloody man, I'm not even going to let him build my temple. This dude was a killer. He knew how to fight. He had fought many armies. He had fought the bravest, strongest, mightiest armies in the world and defeated them hands down. But now there comes a time when against every instinct in him, against everything in his being, listen, David is moved on by the Spirit of the Lord. And he says, this time, I choose not to fight. He is moved on mightily by the Spirit of God. And he says, this time, I'm choosing not to fight. This time, I choose to advocate for the throne. This time, I choose to do and go with what God is telling me to do. And I don't feel like I'm supposed to fight this battle right now. I feel like there's going to be innocent bystanders. He will strike the city with the edge of the sword. Blood is going to be in the streets. People are going to die for no reason. And there's going to be many, many, many casualties. A civil war will happen. He says, so this time, I'm going to choose not to fight. Amen. Amen. I'm choosing not to fight this time. The real David is revealed in 2 Samuel chapter 15. And I say that because the real David, he revealed his love for the city. He said, I don't want him to smite the city with the edge of the sword. The real David is revealed. He said, he says, I don't want him to smite the city of God. I don't want him to smite the church. He said, I choose not to fight today. I don't want the church, the city of God, Zion. I don't want it to be wiped out. So I've got to stop fighting at some point and choose not to fight for a greater end. Amen. We have to choose not to fight for a greater end. 
And you know what? He said, I love God's kingdom so much. I love God so much. I love God's people so much. I love the church so much. We have to choose to stop fighting for a greater end. Amen. Amen. You have to stop choosing. Or stop fighting. Stop choosing. You hear what I'm saying. <laughs> Got to get the big picture here, guys. Listen to me. He couldn't let his own personal feelings. Ooh, that hurt. That hurt. He couldn't let his own personal feelings cause him to fight when he needed to choose not to fight. Amen. Nobody had defended the city. Nobody had blessed the city more than David. History records this, y'all. He's the one who took the city from the Jebusites. He's the one that climbed the gutter and defeated them and took the city that sets on seven hills. He's the one that brought the Ark of the Covenant back to the city. He is the one who overtook those mighty walls. Amen, y'all. He took it. And if you understand that, that he took that city, he fought for it. And for him now to not fight and defend it, See, sometimes God will ask you to choose not to fight. This is going to mess with you right here in a minute. This is going to mess with you in a minute. He'll ask you to choose not to fight, even when you got a right to fight. Amen. He'll ask you not to fight, even when you got a right to fight. Even when in your mind you think you're right and you think that you're on solid ground and you think you have a reason to fight. But God said to David, you might have a right. And nobody's defended the city more than David. Nobody's fought for the city more than David. Nobody has enlarged and prospered the city more than David. To this day, it is known as the city of David. To this day. And yet, why would somebody who God himself said is to be named the city of David, Jerusalem, where God's son bled and died, and we're still going to call it the name, the city of David. Listen, I want it called. Why? Why would he walk away from it? Because he's teaching us a Bible principle. Amen. Amen. Because he's teaching us a very strong Bible principle. Why would David walk away from it? Because there comes a time in your life where the Spirit will move on you. And he said, I don't want you to choose fighting now. I don't want you to fight because there are those on the sidelines that will be smitten by the sword. Amen. God says, I don't want you to fight because there's going to be ones on the sidelines. You probably win. You'd probably win. You'd probably survive. But the cost is too high. The cost is too high. Absalom, listen. He had trumpeters running through the streets blowing the trumpet. Read the Bible. He had trumpeters running through the streets blowing trumpets, announcing he was king. I'm king, I'm king. Listen, he had a PR campaign going. He had a PR campaign going. He's blowing trumpets saying, I'm king, I'm king, I'm king, saying, I'm taking over, I'm taking over. I'm, you know what? David could have stood and probably won, but he said, I will not stand and fight. He said, if I do, there will be more blood in the streets. There will be a civil war that will break out. And in order, listen to it, listen to it. He said, in order to preserve 
the city. Do you understand that? Listen to what he said. He said, in order to preserve the city of God, I'm going to let my ego die right here. I'm going to let my ego die right here. In order to preserve the church, he understood a powerful principle. And listen carefully. I understand where we are. As a church, I understand where we are. And this sermon can be interpreted a lot of ways. And I am talking about in our churches and in our families. That's what I'm talking about right now. We are in contentions and we are in fights sometimes that are going on between brothers and sisters and spiritual families and even our physical families. And there comes a time where you have to make a choice not to fight. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. In our churches, our spiritual families, our physical families. You have to make a choice not to fight. It's not worth it. Here's my little sermon in one sentence. David made a decision not to fight in order to preserve the city. David made a decision not to fight in order to preserve the city. And there are times you have to make a decision not to fight. Even when you think you're right. Even when you think they're wrong. Even when you got people telling you how right you are and how wrong they are. Amen. Come on, somebody. You have to make a decision not to fight. It doesn't matter. Do you love them? Do you love your family? Do you love people? Huh? At some point, you got to stop fighting and start embracing. Amen. Do you love them? You have to stop fighting and start embracing we got to preserve the church. we got to preserve our families. Preserve our marriage. At some point, you got to stop fighting. He was more concerned about the preservation and the health of Jerusalem. Amen. You understand that? That Jerusalem, at all costs, must stay intact. Too much good's going to come out of there. Salvation is going to come out of that city, y'all. Prophecies are going to be fulfilled out of that city. Jesus is going to rule and reign one day from that city. He said, I can't just let that, e that, that city be destroyed because my ego. I can't let that city be destroyed because of my own personal agenda. Too much good's going to come out of it. You can't let the church be destroyed. Amen. He said, too much good's going to come out of it. How much more? Should we for the house of God, somebody, how much more should we for the house of God be willing to put aside our personal feelings and say, I don't want injury. I don't want suffering to come to people who are looking for Christ and we're in the middle of a civil war. People are coming to the church looking for Jesus and we're in the middle of a civil war, squabbling with one another, fighting with one another. Amen. Is it worth it? At some point, you've got to choose not to fight. Amen. The devil would love nothing more. As powerful as this church is already, and as powerful it's going to be. Amen. The devil would love nothing more, y'all, than to take a wedge and start driving it in between brothers and sisters and start driving it in between relationships and start driving a wedge in between the church. Amen. 
And I'm going to tell you, we ain't a church that's just going to talk the talk. We walk the walk. We're a church that honors people. We don't care what color your skin is, how much money you got. I'm telling you how much you're worth. It don't mean nothing. We love you. We care about you. And we are not going to let the enemy drive a wedge in. Amen. The church is needed now more than ever. The church is needed now more than ever. People are dying. People are overdosing all around us. People can't stop doing stupid stuff all around us. Fentanyl's gone crazy. And we're in here with little squabbles because we don't see eye to eye about stuff. Come on, y'all. A bigger picture. The church is worth more. Amen. David could have said, I can win this fight. He could have let his lust for revenge cause him to bring greater division than Israel has ever seen. Amen. Did you hear me? He could have let his lust for revenge cause greater division than Israel has ever faced. David was not one to run from a fight. But he was doing anything he could to preserve the city. Every now and then, we have to come to a place where we realize that there's something more important than our personal feelings, than our personal agendas, than our personal egos. Amen. More important. It's not about me. Quite frankly, it's not about you either. Amen. He died on the cross. He shed his blood. He died for you. He died for me. Amen. And the last thing we ought to be doing in this critical hour, the last thing we ought to be doing in the church is pulling our swords out and using them on each other. Amen. Amen. It's the last thing we should be doing. It's about him. We're pulling our swords out and using them on each other. Oh, the world needs the church like it's never needed it before. I'm telling you. So David asked a question. And I want you to see this. The soldiers weren't on the battlefield. And he asked them a question. 1 Samuel 17, 29. He said, is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? Church, is there not a cause? Is there not a cause greater than our differences? Is there not a cause greater than our squabbles? Greater than our fights? Is there not a cause? David said, if I don't leave, he will smite the city with the edge of the sword. And I'm afraid that some of us have been using our swords against our own brothers and sisters. Amen. Amen. Simon Peter was in the Garden of Gethsemane. You remember that story? Simon Peter's in the Garden of Gethsemane. In Matthew chapter 26, the Bible says that the servant of the high priest came. Somebody really super religious, y'all. See this? A servant of the high priest came. And Simon Peter had pride that he was so religious too. And when they came to arrest Jesus, he takes his sword, he swung, and he wasn't swinging, aiming for the man's ear. He was swinging, aiming for his head. He missed and got the ear. Amen, somebody. He, who cuts off their ear? I'm going to show you. No. He wasn't aiming for his ear. He was aiming for his head, and he missed and got the ear. And Jesus reached down, picks up the ear, puts it back on him supernaturally. And listen what he said in verse 52. He said, Simon Peter, you got the right spirit, but the wrong doctrine. You got to understand this. 
you got to understand this. He said, you got the right spirit. Do you know it is possible to have the right spirit but have the wrong doctrine? Y'all may. Boy, I tell you what, who I'm preaching to this morning. It is possible for you to have the right spirit but the wrong doctrine. What did he say in verse 52? He said, Peter, put your sword away. You got the right spirit but the wrong doctrine. He said, you put your sword away. For if you live by the sword, you will die by the sword. Let me tell you, he had the right spirit but the wrong doctrine. Amen. If you live by the sword, you will die by the sword. He said, put your sword away, Simon Peter. And I just want to preach this for a minute because the Lord is speaking right now. And what he's saying to the body of Christ is put your sword in the sheath. You're not supposed to be attacking one another and unfollowing one another and disconnecting. I'll go to my camp and, and you go to your camp and you just leave. I choose not to fight. I choose to love. Amen. Oh. Love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. And doing that, you fulfill this book. That's what this book teaches. Love one another. Doing that, you fulfill all the law. You know what he was saying? You know what Jesus was saying? When he said, put your sword away, Simon Peter. You know what he was saying? You ought not be cutting up people you disagree with. Put your sword away. You will not be cutting up people you got disagreements with. I don't know who this is for. I don't know who this is for, but y'all being awful quiet. <laughs> you will not be cutting up people that you disagree with. Well, I haven't put a shank in nobody today. Yeah, but you, you cutting them up online. <laughs> unfollow, unfollow, delete. <laughs> I ain't stabbed nobody today. No. Come on, y'all. People you've known for years. People you've worshipped with for years. You understand what I'm telling you? I'm telling you the Lord messed me. Messed me up with this one. And don't you forget this. I want you to take a picture of this, write it down. Because the Lord messed me up with this one. When Jesus said, put your sword away. Simon Peter said, put your sword away. This story teaches us that some battles don't take a sword to win. Some of them take a crucifixion. Some battles don't take a sword to win. Some of them take a crucifixion. Sometimes you don't win by cutting up and slashing everybody up. Sometimes God allows you to go through a crucifixion and you die to your pride. You die to your ego. You die to yourself. You die to your own selfish ambitions. You quit fighting and you just die to yourself. Amen. Some swords don't, battles don't require a sword. The thing that blesses me about this story more than anything else, listen, is as David is leaving on his own. You hear me? He's leaving on his own because it was best for the city that he loved. It was best for the church that he loved. You can leave, but notice the spirit in which he leaves. 
Zadok and the Levites brought the Ark of the Covenant to him. After all, he's the one that brought the Ark back to the church. David's the one that brought the ark back to Jerusalem. David's the one who had the presence of God there. David's the one who rolled up the windows on the tent and said, everybody come in. David's the one who built a magnificent house of worship because it was all about the presence of God for David. It was all about the ark of the covenant. Now listen, it was all about the presence of God and the ark of the covenant. So, so they just assumed, they said, well, I'll tell you what, if he's leaving, we're just going to pick this box up and we're going to take it with us. And they take on. Amen. I want you to see this. And when your spirit, because here's what they did. Say, well, he's leaving. We're taking the glory with him. And when your spirit is, well, if I leave that place, then, well, you know, that place can go to hell. Then God bless them. They can go to right to hell. God ain't there. Let me tell you something. That place blessed you. Amen. That place blessed you. When your spirit is when I leave, I want the glory to leave. I want the anointing to leave. I want the worship to fall to pieces. I want the church to fall to pieces. Look at this mess. I want it all to fall to pieces. And when you have that spirit, listen, number one, it ain't going to fall to pieces because it's built on the rock, first of all. But listen, here's the thing. I want you to know this. I have no agenda. I am just preaching the truth right now. I am preaching you the truth right now, and I hear the Lord saying, preach it, Pastor. Preach it, Pastor, because I need to get somebody's little attitude and I need to tweak it a little bit so it'll be more like me and not them. It's the only reason I have no agenda. I'm just here to tell you the truth, y'all. When you leave, and I'm telling you this, and you want something to be destroyed, watch David's spirit. Watch David's spirit. Had no bitterness. No bitterness, y'all. Watch him. He could have said, yeah, bring the Ark of the Covenant. Because wherever that box goes, glory goes, prosperity goes, provision goes. Yeah, bring the box. Watch his spirit, y'all. Watch what he did. He said, no. Send it back. Send it back to the city. And even if I can't go there for a while, I'm just going to say this to God. He said, God, if you find favor, you'll get me back to where I'm supposed to be. I want you to listen to this. Listen to this man. Listen to what he's doing. This is the real David. Amen. He could have fought and won. But he's got such a spirit of humility. He's got such a spirit of, well, there is just such a greater cause more than me. And he was the king. He was the king. And he says, there's a cause greater than me. And the Bible says that he sent the Ark of the Covenant back. What kind of spirit do you have? What kind of spirit do you have, church? Is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? I'm almost done. And then we're going to take communion together. <laughs> Absalom had an ambition for the throne. David was anointed for it. I'll get a lot more claps in a minute when I make this point. But Absalom had an ambition for the throne, but David was anointed for the throne. And you know the story, don't you? 
Ambition always, always, always is conquered by anointing. There's a lot of people who have unsanctified ambition in the church. They want a position so bad, they don't care who they kill, they don't care who they slay, they don't care how bad they hurt the church. And they don't get it, and they don't get it. Well, bless God, I'm taking the Ark of the Covenant, get my purse, I'm out of here. A lot of people have that unsanctified ambition. But let me tell you something, the anointing always supersedes ambition. Always. And you know why I believe David could leave? Why he said, I'm going to walk out of that city? You know why I believe he said I could leave? Because when God has anointed you for something and somebody ambitious is trying to take it from you, David knew. He said he's not anointed for this. He's not anointed for this. He knew this. Nobody's going to get what God has anointed me to do. I may go through a setback. He said, I may not be in that position for a while. But if I'll humble myself and I keep the right spirit, God will guide my life right back to where I'm anointed to be. If you stay right and you keep the right spirit, God will guide you back to where you're anointed to be. Amen. But you've got to stay right. And you know what happened? You know what happened a few days later? Absalom was riding on a donkey and his hair got caught. The Bible said he was suspended, suspended between heaven and earth. This ambitious man, this ambitious man, his head got caught in a tree. And it just so happens that Joab hears about it. David's commander in the army and chief assassin hears about the story. Hey, Joab's hanging. He walks up and says, oh, target practice, three darts. Amen. This ambitious man. This ambitious man, y'all. And now, David comes back. See, listen. Now he gets to come back. He's going right back. He could have fought and left the city devastated in an untold damage. It could have been destroyed. People dead everywhere. Listen. you got to understand this. But now in God's time. You understand this? He could have fought and left the city devastated, but now, y'all, in God's time, the things we fight over, if we'll just trust God. I'm not saying for you not to take a stand. I am not telling you not to stand up for something. But there comes a time where it becomes more negative and detrimental to keep fighting. Amen. We have to choose... Not to fight sometimes. The city is more valuable than your ego. The city is more valuable than your feelings. The city, the church is more valuable than your own personal agenda. David said, is there not a cause? So this morning, I want us to examine our hearts. Because we're going to have communion together. And I'm going to end this little talk right now. I'm all done. That's all I got for you. Praise the Lord. I'm going to end it right here, but has it gotten into your spirit? Has this word gotten a hold of your heart?
this morning. Let this get into your spirit, y'all. Are you ready to choose not to fight with people? Are you ready to say we can disagree and still love one another? And I refuse to let the devil get a wedge between my brothers and sisters. I'm putting my sword up. Can we do that? Can we put our sword up? <laughs> Jesus said this is communion. Common union. This is communion, y'all. Common union. What do we have in common? Common union. The cross, the blood, the name of Jesus. And that's the main thing. And it's worth preserving. Amen. Common union. He said, as often as you do this, you remember me. The opposite of the word remember is to dismember. So when the body of Christ, when the church, which is the body of Christ, and when the body is mad at each other and offended at each other and we're fighting with each other because we don't see eye to eye. The Apostle Paul said this, when you come to this meal, Listen what he said right here in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. This is very important. Nobody moving around until you're dismissed. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. He says, when you come to this meal, look what he said. Whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the blood in the body. Look at verse 28. But let a man examine himself, for he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself. Verse 28. But let a man examine himself before you take this meal. That's a strong warning. From the Apostle Paul. That you don't do this casually. You don't do this casually. If you're offended. If you're hurt. If you're angry. If you're bitter. Come on. He said examine your heart. Confess that to the Lord. And get right. And love everybody. <laughs>